You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. You're going to get a good laugh during today's episode, but you're also going to feel like you are listening to reality TV, and you're also going to end up inspired AF, ready to up-level your money mindset and make some dollars. Liz Wilcox is an email marketing guru and a mom, but she's also someone who has confidently stepped into her purpose and power financially, and she's here to help you do the same. Liz's story is a wild ride, so buckle up. She's getting real and opening up to us today on her life in an RV park growing up and sleeping on a park bench before becoming financially free at age 16, creating her own business, and going from making $0 to $40,000 in one month, all by changing her relationship with money. Be sure to stay tuned through this episode, drop us your thoughts on social media, and without further ado, welcome Liz. Hello, hello. I am so wicked excited. Thank you for having me on the show. (laughs) You can't see this, but I wore my special cheeseburger headband. Oh, it's a cheeseburger. It's a cheeseburger. I'm I'm leaning into the Zoom camera. I'm sure it's a good look. (laughs) Um, Yes, I wore it just for you, Erica, and your people. So I'm really excited about this. Oh my goodness. Well, unfortunately they can't see us. They can only hear us, but we can just tell them that, wow, a cheeseburger headband. It's exactly what you think it would be. It's pretty cheesy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. So on that note, I know you are a mom like me. You're a mompreneur, if you will. You are an Mm -hmm. email marketing guru, like total guru. You're a financial whiz. Thank you. So, oh, you're welcome. We we actually were just talking about this before hitting record. Liz's website for her email marketing services is like next level. It is so cool, so bright, so colorful. It's just like, it speaks to you on a different level. <laughs> so it's Thank really you. great. <laughs> I, know. I only paid her a little bit of cash to say that on air. Yeah, she it's under the <laughs> table, so. <laughs> um, no, but really, I know your entrepreneurial journey is very real, very raw, not without its challenges, which I think is so important to talk about and share because I think that's so often, really like too often, we see entrepreneurship through the lens of an Instagram filter. Like it's without the hardships and heartaches that are oftentimes happening behind the scenes. Like I know at one point you slept on a park bench at one point in your own journey, you know? Oh my gosh, you do? (laughs) You know that? I do. Okay, buckle buckle up because some of the stuff that you're going to ask me, I can only assume I've never like actually told so or like, you know, shared. So I'm really I'm genuinely excited about this interview. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it it's so important. That's why I say it's so important because people don't often see all of the the nitty gritty that goes in behind the scenes to make things happen. We just see, Mm -hmm. we see the Pinterest quotes and we see the, oh, just wake up and make it happen and follow your dreams and it'll be great. And then we see the end product and there's so much time and tears and sweat 
and sometimes blood, but hopefully not blood, <laughs> that goes into making a business blood, happen. No. Yeah. So yeah. I would love if you would just share a bit about your own background and your entrepreneurial path and how it evolved and what you've learned along the way and just like dive in and let us let us hear it because you you have so much to share. Sure. So what's up? Liz Wilcox here. I, yeah, so I was born in 1988 and I was born to a mom who like, she really did not know what was going on as far as financial power or anything like that um, is concerned. She grew up very poor, you know, um, had, had twins when she was 18 and then had me and then my sister all before she was 22 years old. And she likes to say that she grew up with us, right? Which if you've ever had your mother say that, like that's not exactly a compliment and it's pretty much just equals like a lot of drama and stress. Um, nothing against my mother. I love her. She's one of my closest friends. Um, my sister says I have an unhealthy attachment to her. <laughs> that's for another podcast, right? Um, but, you know, she just always struggled financially. She had a grandfather that was, I guess he owned his own business. He was well off enough that, um, you know, he actually bought her a few houses, which I didn't even know about until, uh, you know, I was much older and I was like, you know, thinking about how much money we had or how didn't have. And I'm like, how did we always manage to stay in one place? Because, you know, most kids, it's like, oh, you know, we were so poor. We were constantly moving. Well, it turns out my great grandfather was just buying my mother houses. Oh, <laughs> um, my gosh. Other than that, you know, you know, we weren't starving, but, you know, sometimes it would get bad. I never even to this day, I'm, th I'm almost 32. I've never asked my mother for a dollar. You know, I had to sometimes like quit after school programs because it was just too stressful for my mother, um, that type of thing. And so it, honestly, it wasn't until so when I was about 20 years old, I started working actually with my mother. We both worked at this place called Dodge's Chicken Store. Let me tell you about Dodge's. So <laughs> this is a gas station in the South. I live in Florida. Um, that it sells fried chicken if you couldn't gather. Uh, they'll cash your check and they will sell you some gasoline <laughs> and it's just kind of a one-stop shop and I worked there for over three years I was in college to be a teacher in my mind you know being a teacher that was stable income you know you made enough money if you if you had a spouse you know maybe you could be middle class right and one day I got fired from this job and you can picture you know little old Liz Wilcox she's so upset and I go out, I got fired because my drawer was short a hundred dollars. I had, I had worked there for years. If I was going to steal, it was, it would be a lot more than a hundred dollars. Let's be real. <laughs> so, you know, they said, Hey, we know you didn't take it. We've watched the tapes. This actually happened about 30 days ago, but we don't know where the money went. So corporate says you got to go. So there I went and I sat in my little dark blue Volkswagen Jetta in the gas station parking lot for hours. Justin Timberlake, cry me a river, cranked up. You know, I'm literally crying. And then on that album, there's also a really weird uh, song about like, you just lost your job, girl. Let's go for a ride. Like it was so, it was so on brand. And I was just crying, crying, crying. Went home. I lived with my boyfriend at the time. And uh, he owned his own business. 
And he was like, you don't need a job, just go on Craigslist or something like that. And I said, oh, okay, you know, yeah, screw the man. The man just fired me. I dedicated three of my 20 years to them, you know, like I was still pretty young. And I actually started, um, you know, this was, gosh, what, like 2010, probably before Craigslist was completely full of spam and scammers. And I got my first gig. I saw a lady. She was she was asking for a housekeeper and it was probably like a 30 minute drive. And she said, I need someone today. And I was like, well, I'm just freaking sitting here. I just got fired. I got no money, you know, like, what am I going to do? And so I emailed her and she texts me or whatever. I ended up going over there, cleaning her house. And I was like, I can't, I had no idea what she was going to pay me. And at the end she's, she goes, okay, how much do I owe you? And in my head, like I've always been an employee, you know, I'm like, early 20s I'm like I don't know and in my head I thought okay well if I I need gas for a week I need this like if I can find another job in seven days like $40 will get me by for the next seven days so I said $40 this woman you can't see me where's my wallet but like I simulate me with a wallet she opens up her wallet she has hundreds and hundreds of dollars she had to like search for 20s she hands me the 20s and I mean, but even to like, even at that moment, I, I was just thrilled. She gave me for like, I just made $40 in like two hours. Holy you could shit. Have been like, like 20 plus a hundred. There we yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. I mean, but that's just a signal, like side note, the universe will give you what you ask for it. <laughs> right. Like what you ask for. So I go out, you know, back to the Jetta and I, you know, I was smelling the money. I was like, wow, I have so much power. I just made $40 appear out of nowhere. Like, you know, what else is possible? Is Santa real? Like, I can't <laughs> believe this just happened. And so for the next couple of years, I started freelancing on Craigslist. Like I, I did events, I sold wine, I babysat. I ended up getting a full-time gig with a guy. Uh, he was a doctor, um, you know, that needed a nanny because he was a single dad. And I ended up doing that. And uh, even I eventually got married and I found a job through Craigslist doing the same kind of nanny work for a doctor in a completely different state. And I realized it was probably like, let's flash forward to 2016 is when I started my business. I wanted to hit the road in an RV. The story just keeps going, folks. <laughs> I told you to buckle up. I hope We're you here did. For it. <laughs> so in 2016, my husband was in the military. I, we had just bought an RV to save money. You know, I was like obsessed with saving money. I grew up really poor. My mom told me money didn't grow on trees. And she always, she was the type of lady that always had money hidden. Right. And because she felt so close to me again, that unhealthy attachment we have, <laughs> it's coming back. <laughs> uh, she would tell me like, Oh, I've got this much money and it's, it's stored over here. Don't tell your brothers or whatever. And she, she would like shake her finger at me and be like, a woman always has hidden money. You never tell a man where your money is <laughs> like she had real issues. Okay. <laughs> and, um, so that's, you know, I was like, okay. I can't remember why I said that. But anyway, 2016, oh, my husband's in the military. I want to, we want to hit the road in an RV. We bought the RV. I was like, wait, this thing has wheels. Let's hit the road. And of course he's in the military. You can't just hit the road. Like get court martials, <laughs> you'll go to prison literally. And so I was like, I'm just going to start a business. 
I see all these people, you know, on Facebook and, you know, you Google how to make money, these 20 something year olds, like you were talking about Instagram versus reality, you know, you see this highlight reel. And I was like, oh, wow, they, they say it's going to take three years to make a full time income. And my cocky self, I said, well, I'll do it in two. I'll do it in two. No big deal. I just live in 200 square feet with no internet. That's fine. I'll figure <laughs> it out. With, with a two-year-old, I'll figure it out. That's fine. I'm resourceful. Um, and I started this business. It was an RV blog. And that's when I really started stepping into that financial power. Like I didn't know, I didn't realize until later, like I just kind of assumed that role. I was like, well, my husband's doing this. You know, he can't make the dream, con like he can't quit his job or well you know leave the military and then figure it out i've got to figure it out so he can leave so that's when i first really started to step into that power i started to realize like i have been making my own money like that's not something a lot of people do and i started remembering like conversations with siblings and friends that you know in college when i only worked like 10, 15 hours a week. Liz, why don't you get a real job? I'm like, this is the realest job ever. Like <laughs> they pay me cash. What are you talking about? Um, then I started realizing I was I had already started, you know, stepping into that power, if that makes sense. And so, um, you know, I got up, got started a mastermind with some friends and I really just, you know, people said, start an email list launch a digital product. That's how you make money. So that's what I kept doing. And I did it again and again and again. I launched over a dozen digital products in three years, you know, replaced the income. Obviously my husband, uh, side note, we hit the road in an RV. He hated it. Uh, I still love you, Ed, but he kind of lost his mind and we ended up getting a divorce. <laughs> that's another podcast, or maybe that's a question for later, but, um, yeah, it just wasn't for him. But in all of that, I was able to realize like I have the power to make money and it's actually, you know, it's, it's not easy, but there's a simple formula that I can follow. And if I just step, if I make every decision, like with the confidence that, um, you know, I have this power and I can make it work if I just keep going, um, I realize that's actually true. And now I live on the beach where a couple years ago I was living in this ghetto RV park, like next to some, no offense, hashtag I love Florida, but hashtag Florida man, like a park <laughs> full of Florida men. So <laughs> my story is really, you know, it's really, it's really been an amazing journey for me. Mm -hmm. So where do you think your confidence came from? Like, do you think you were always just a confident person to be like, you know what, I, it took them three years. I could do it in two with even less resources. Or do you think that was something that was that you learned in time? Because it sounds like that was a really big part of your journey and yeah. coming into financial power. Yeah. So I I do tend to be a little cocky, um, but I haven't always been this way. This is another mindset thing that I've, you know, they, we all know about money mindset, but really that confidence piece comes from actually when I was a girl, I had, um, what does my sister call it? Like selective mutism. So I actually didn't speak to anyone, but my mother and my sister, again, unhealthy attachment there, <laughs> um, until I was about seven or eight. And I really was a very anxious kid. I mean, if you talk to me, I would legitimately have a panic attack and faint like that. kind. Yeah. You would never guess 
that's why I was so excited to talk to you, Erica, because I never <laughs> talk about this stuff. Um, but yeah, I would just, you know, I was so anxious up until around age 16 that I couldn't even keep anything down but like water as far as drinks go. That's what I'm drinking a Mountain Dew right now because I can, because at one point in my life, Progress. I could not. <laughs> yeah. It's a privilege, not a right. Um, but so it wasn't around until I was around 15. I was sitting, we had just moved from Michigan to Florida and I was sitting in this health class and I'll never forget this teacher. She said, happiness is a choice. And in my mind, we had just moved from Michigan to Florida. My mother's biological father had, I guess the word would be deceived, lied, depending on you know how nice you want to be. Uh, he lied to my mother and said, oh, I've got a house for you in Florida. You can come, whatever. And um, so we drove down there. My mother quit her job within three weeks, um, drove me and my sister and my stepdad down there. And it was like the shack this dilapidated shack on the bay when he said it was a house on the water. It didn't have any plumbing. We had to live in that thing for like almost two years. It, I mean, it was terrible. You want to see a broken woman. My poor mother, I felt really bad for her. But at the time I was only 16 and I was feeling really bad for myself too. You know, it was like rats in a cage. We had, like I said, my great grandfather bought my mom a house and we lived in Michigan. It was this, you know, nicer older house i had my own bedroom my sister had her own room you know it was this big place and we just moved to this you know it's like probably this one it was a one bedroom trailer four people two dogs a bird it was outrageous like you want to you know the saying like rats in a cage that's what it was like my sister literally threw a cat at me one day she was so upset like she was like shut up and threw my cat at me i still <laughs> oh have God. the scar um but you know we were teenagers right can you blame us like that's just how terrible it was so that's my mindset going into this lady saying happiness is a choice my first thought was f that you don't know you know you're probably rich because we lived we moved to the beach and i was like everyone here is so rich i'd never seen that kind of money like to me walmart was like expensive name brand shopping and but then there was something in me that said, you know what, maybe, maybe, maybe she's right. Or what if she was right? And from that moment on, I just started reminding myself of that. And I started to come out of that like anxious, mute childhood, like, you know, unhealthy attachment to my mother who was a very angry, sad person. And I just started, you know, like, what if I didn't care so much? What if no one is actually judging me. What if, you know, like what else is possible, right? If happiness is a choice, I can be happy today. That means I can get let go of this anxiety and just doing that. I feel like most people in their thirties, that's when that kind of thinking happens. I was just so fortunate and blessed that I started that type of thinking when I was 16 years old. So if you're still at that point, like there's no shame. It was just like lightning in a bottle, like that phrase. I wasn't even paying attention. I was like doodling, but something about that, like really, I needed that in that moment because I was so unhappy. It was like, like I said, rats in a cage. It was like the craziest living situation. Um, and like you said, Erica, I've slept on a park bench and like that was crazier 
that was worse. <laughs> like that was, and I was, you know, I had just turned 16. I celebrated my 16th birthday in that trailer. Like I was like, what the F is going on here? And, but so it was just like the thing I needed to hear and to move forward with that knowledge or just even that having that faith that happiness is a choice. I was able to become this very confident, like, who gives a crap type of person like I'm just gonna go for it because the alternate like I'm already uncomfortable so what if I just you know stepped with confidence you know mm -hmm. does that make sense totally so you mentioned money mindset but can you break down um what that is to you and maybe like one or two tips if people want to kind of check where they're at with their own money mindset to kind of start thinking about it just because I think for people like you, if, since that's such a big part of your life and your story, you're probably extraordinarily well-versed in it. But there might be people who heard that and are like, wait, what the heck's a money mindset? Like, I don't, I don't know what that is. Is that just thinking about money or wanting more of it? Cause sign me up. So what is that? Like, what does that mean like, to yes you? Like yes and no. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. So money mindset, basically, like I was just saying, your mindset about like stepping with confidence. We all have a mindset about everything in our lives, like about ourselves, about this podcast, about, you know, oh my gosh, she drinks Mountain Dew. What is she like a 12 year old boy? Like, there's, you know, there's, we all, it's kind of like a judgment, how you think about something. And I first got introduced to money mindset as an entrepreneur, uh, we, especially online entrepreneurs, we, there's this very, like, it's like a different world and people are, oh, well, what, you, you know, you got to charge more. You got to up that money mindset. Like, it's kind of a trend. It's like, uh, you know, do you drink Starbucks coffee? It's like, do, do you have a money mindset? What's your <laughs> Like, what, what do you drink at Dunkin'? Um, I don't know. What's your money mindset? Like, it's just one of those casual conversations in online entrepreneurship, I think. So I first got introduced to it, yeah, about four or five years ago. And it's basically how you think and feel about money. Um, I mentioned a couple things earlier. My mom said, oh, you should always hide your money from a man. You should, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Like, you know, we don't, we don't have time to do that, you know, because I've got to work and like things like that. What are your money stories? And I learned a lot about this from, I'm just gonna give her a shout out. Her name's Chelsea Brennan of Smart Money Mamas. She teaches women how to build wealth. She is fantastic. And so just talking about like getting to know your money stories, like what's your earliest money memory? You know, like were you at the grocery store and you picked up a bag of chips and your mom said, no, we that's not in the budget this week. Or, um, you know, your dad only gave me $200 or, you know, you save money and, oh, you should save more because you might want something better next week. You know, all those things that happen to you as a kid, those shape your mindset. The same as it's kind of like a money subconscious, right? You don't even know why you're feeling that. Why is money so emotional, right? And that that's one of the things that really resonated with me with Chelsea is she's like, money is not just math, it's emotional. I'm like, oh, yes, oh my gosh. And I really learned that uh, with my poor ex-husband. He was so emotional about money. And as I was as I was getting better, you know, uncovering those stories, I noticed the difference between what I was doing, like how I started to feel about money and how uh, my dear ex-husband started you know was still feeling and it was just very it's very obvious 
And so it's just, yeah, it's just this emotion, like the emotions that come with money. That's incredible. I know you had a second part to the question, but I can't remember. Full um, disclosure. Something about oh, wise money mindset. Well, you just described what it is perfectly, but I think okay. the, the follow-up was kind of, um, is there any sort of idea that you have or tip or practice that you oh, can give tips. listeners right to kind of check where they are at like any questions that they should ask themselves or just to kind of like get started thinking about where they might be in their own money mindset journey yeah so number one like i said like think about those first stories that you were told and write them down and again i'm not an expert like i really recommend i'm supposed to be promoting myself right but i'm really promoting chelsea (laughs) here like she is the bomb at this and just writing down those stories um as far as early as you can remember. Also, um, when you go to set a budget or when you go to spend money, like think about what emotions you, you know, that come up for you. Like when, whether it's, oh, I'm going to set a budget. Oh, I feel restricted. And so I'm going to spend more or I, you know, I don't feel safe unless I have a budget, those types of emotions and really get in touch with those and then decide what, what, um, like what feelings you want associated, like say you feel stress, what do you, do you want to feel empowered? Do you want to feel um, secure? Do you want to feel responsible? Actually, I have Chelsea's planner, right? I print out everything she has. I have a folder. She's got some great tips. She's got, well, I can't find them right now. This is being recorded. So um, (laughs) you can hear, you can hear the papers. I'm sure I'm shifting through, but wow. Like just, you can just Google like, you know, adjectives and look through like what do you want like my I always pick a money word like that I want my entire year you know like a word of the year and I think of it this year is uncharted I want to do things I want to like act with money act in a way that's uncharted for my family for my lineage like I said my mom grew up poor my grandmother you know so on so forth so forth my mother didn't even like go past the eighth grade right I have a master's degree like that's uncharted right and so for me it's starting a business no you know my great-grandfather but he was an adoptive right but especially the women in my family like the same man that started his own business told his own daughter, you can't go to college because you're a woman and I won't pay for it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I just, my spine just grew two inches cause I'm about to go <laughs> off. <laughs> but you know, like I want to do uncharted things. I want to act or I want to use my money in an uncharted way. I don't want to just spend it. I don't want to just be scared of it or, you know, have a fear of having too much of it. Right. Because that's my my big fear was like, well, I don't know, like if I get that much money, I won't know what to do with it and I'll just blow it. I'm not responsible enough. Right. That's part of my money mindset. And so with with that, I'm looking at it. You can't see like my eyes keep dodging like I literally have the word behind my computer screen. And every day when I sit down, I see it. And so if you can think of a word to like live not only with money, but like just live in action with like 2019 was rich. I wanted to create a rich life. Not that I want to be rich. I mean, I do want to be rich, 
but I wanted to have a rich life, rich experiences, rich friendships, you know, rich conversations like this. And I just, you know, everything moved through that lens. And so this year's uncharted, like doing things that haven't been done before. Mm-hmm. I love that. What do you think someone's top priority should be if they also have their sights set on financial freedom ASAP? If they, if there's maybe like an order of operation, so to speak, of like, what is the numero uno thing that should happen first? If your goal is, I want to be financially free, financially independent, whatever you want to call it. You, well, like I've been talking about that mindset and that confidence piece. If you don't, ha- I mean, as you know, everyone, oh, it's your mindset. And you're like, actually, I want like an actual step write down your stories, pick a word. I really, like, I really truly believe this. And this isn't anything that I came up with. I've mentioned my friend, Chelsea. I read the book. I wrote these down so I wouldn't forget. I read Badass at Making Money. I think Jen Sincero. I think that's Jen Sincero, yep. However the heck you pronounce that Italian name. I'm sure it's Italian. It sounds Italian, right? I don't know. I'm clearly just a generic white lady. I don't know how to pronounce anything. Um, (laughs) but you're a badass at making money and do the act. So if you want like an actual action step, like buy that book, whatever, it's like $10, but there's, there's worksheets or there's like things to do and write them down. I'll never forget the moment that I realized like, Ooh, something is really off in my marriage. It was reading that book. I used to get up at 5 a.m., go to CrossFit, and I would. I lived in an RV at the time, so I couldn't go back in the house until my daughter woke up. I didn't want to wake her up and ruin my morning, right? <laughs> like, I need some alone time. I would literally, and it was freezing cold in lower Alabama in the winter, and I would just sit in my car reading the book, and, you know, I had a notebook and just writing out, you know, whatever she told me to write out, and it was talking about, uh, you know, people that are toxic around your money. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think, and again, I love you, Ed, and I'm sorry for saying this, but like, I was like, oh my gosh, I think he's sabotaging our cash flow. Like I make this much money and we are living in this cheap RV park, like, and we can't move, you know? And so we, I mean, we worked together. That was for a few years. We still, you know, worked and he's obviously progressed as well. Um, I'm not saying that, but just, I'll never forget that moment when I was like, like things started to click. And I thought, I got married because I have princess syndrome. I need a man to make money. And oh my gosh, I'm not making, I'm not selling this for a higher price or I'm not selling it more because then I would be making more money than my husband. Like I literally gasped and all of those thoughts came at once. And it was because I was reading that book and I was doing the exercises at the end of the chapter. And from that day, like the next month, I made over $40,000. Like, and the, and I hadn't made that much money ever in my life. Like the month before I made $0, okay? Like, and it just clicked and I was like, that's my block. That's what's been happening is, you know, somewhere deep down, I don't want to upstage my husband. Right. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so like, if you're looking for like a real action step, get that book, do the exercises. It's going to help you with all that money story, money emotion that I was talking about. Like I said, that's not an original idea, 
Like I might look original, but I'm not. Like I just take ideas from every, like someone else made this headband made of cheeseburgers. It was not my idea. I just wear it. Like, so, you know, get the book or some kind of, you know, look up other exercises online. I mentioned my friend Chelsea, Smart Money Mama. She's great at this stuff too. There's tons of free resources and just start to work on that mindset and work on, you know, why you feel the way you feel about money and what your fears are around it. And that's when, you know, you can start progressing. It's more than, like I said, it's not just math, right? It's not just, oh, we'll make a budget and it'll work. Like how many times have you made a budget and you're like, oh, well, two days later, well, that's screwed. You know, like I'm raising my hand right now, like every single week, you know, even to this day. Um, but if you do the work and you really start to understand what you think about money, that's when you can start to manage your money and control it. Mm -hmm. So when you jumped from making $0 to 40,000, what did that practically look like behind the scenes beyond the mindset shift? Like what, what did you, what did the mindset shift enable you to do differently with the month with money? Like, did you raise your prices? Did you like sell something yeah, differently? Sure. Like what, what practically did you yeah. do once that shift was made in your brain? So I was actually, I was reading that, let's say it was like October of whatever year I just said, 2019 or whatever. And in November I was hosting a virtual summit. Um, this is post COVID. So you probably know what that is. Some kind of giant zoom thing. Well, in layman's terms, it's like a giant zoom party. And I was hosting that with some friends and we had, we had done it before. And I, so it's a, it's a co-hosted thing, but I was kind of, I guess, kind of like the face. I did all the live videos. I was a bit of the voice, you know, I wrote in all four of us, uh, you know, signed it off all four of us, but it was written. Everything was written by me pretty much. And I just decided like, and I had written a check to myself, Jim Carrey style, uh, look that story up. But I'd written a check and I said, we're going to make $25,000 this year. The year before that we had made like 4,000. And I said, we're just, I'm just, I believe in it. And so from that, you know, when I realized like, okay, I, you know, I'm doing this because of some weird subconscious thing that I'm afraid of making money because I'm not good enough or I shouldn't because I'm a woman or whatever the heck, right? And so I just started selling the crap out of this thing, right? And the, the price point was only like $47 of, you know, it was really cheap. And I was like, no, we're going to write all the emails. We're going to get on Facebook and we're going to do a live two weeks every, every day leading up to it. Uh, you know, we're going to, you know, do this. We're going to get on. I got on a call with every single affiliate, like a personal phone call and came up with a personal like plan of action for them to sell. Like, oh, what's your platform? Uh, who are your people? How old are they? Where do you normally show up? And, you know, that took a lot of time, but I was like, we are like the, I feel the money. I know it's right there. I just have to go out and like grab it, if that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, and I did it and we did it. And I say $40,000, obviously I had to split that 40 ways. You know, it was a team effort, but that money came into my universe. And even though, you know, not, obviously not all of it was mine, but I was like, wow, 
that's what happens when you take control and you say, I can do this and I deserve it. And I'm creating something good that I deserve to get paid for. I wasn't afraid, you know, I didn't get on the Facebook. I went live like two or three times a day during the event. Like there were hundreds of people and these are RVers. Like they don't want to pay for electricity folks. But I was like, you need this. You need these pre-recorded videos, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you might not pay for water, but you'll pay for this. And, but it's because I believed in it and I believed in myself and my partners. And I was like, this is going to happen. I'm tired of the subconscious excuses or whatever, like I'm ready to step into my power. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I love it too because I feel like it It just sounds like the you took away the excuses, like you just said, mm -hmm. and you made it where you just had to keep showing up. You didn't talk yourself out of showing up, which I think a lot of people, especially in, in the entrepreneurial space, will do, where we talk ourselves out of, oh, well, she did it first, or he did it better, or I'm not as smart as this person, or what, like, I'm, I'm probably not gonna do that great, so I might as well just, like, not even try. And then we go from having this big, expansive plan to, like, barely dipping our toes in the water of showing up, which obviously ends up impacting how much money you make in the end. So it really sounds like you just were able to let go of any inhibition and just pursue it confidently, clearly, and you were just like, there's the path, I'm walking down it. If I lose sight of where the path is, I'm gonna make my own and I'm just gonna keep on going. And yeah. it paid off, literally. Yeah, so here's the thing about all that. Well, number one, I've already talked about the mindset. I talked about, you know, my journey, like from this anxious, vomity kid to like this badass woman who wears cheeseburger headbands on podcasts, <laughs> you know? But the second thing is like, as far as excuses go and talking ourselves out of things, I think, and if you're, you know, as you're listening, you have to come up with your own, like, you know, what's acceptable and what's not in your life. But for me, and for me, I will, I will admit it has been easier for me because my mother, she cannot help me ever. I had to pay for my school. I've, I've had to pay her rent since I was 16 years old on and off. And so I, there's no, like, there's no in my head, like, oh, well, I'll just go back to my day job. Like there's I said, no the last now. job, right. right. There's, thank you. You're much more succinct. I'm a copywriter. I should be, I should have brevity, but sometimes <laughs> I don't. Um, but yeah, there's no safety net. There's, if I don't do this in my head, like if I don't do this, you know, my mom doesn't eat. If I don't do this, you know, my kid won't have a bed to sleep in. Like there's no safety net. There's no job to return to. Oh, I'm going to quit my job and try this out for a couple of years. Y'all, my last job was slinging chicken. Like I ain't going back there. I ain't doing it. You can, like there's no option. And so for me, like I will admit like, in like in that regard it is easier to just be like keep going keep going keep going because there is no safety net when you have a safety net when you say oh well i this is just my side hustle and you know my my job pays all the bills and so i'm just gonna sit and netflix and chill this weekend or whatever like i will say in that way i am privileged because i don't have any of that right especially now i'm divorced 
I live with my daughter. My sister lives with me temporarily. But y'all, a couple, it was almost a year ago to the day. So April, 2020, I finally was able to make enough money to get my mother. She lived in eight mile in Detroit. If y'all ever seen that Eminem video, it's a real place. Okay. Like his song, lose yourself. Like that's where my mom was like, watch the music video. Um, and it just, it like, it felt so good. And that was some, like, when I say like, I was just slinging it, I was, you know, going Facebook lives. Like that was what it was in my head. So you have to decide for yourself, like, what is that big picture? Obviously not. And I call it a privilege, right? But like, it's really like, it was hard. Right. And so you have to think in your head, like, what is your big vision? What is your why for whatever it is you're doing, whether it's, I just want to get out of debt or I want to secure a better future for my kids or, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be as drastic as I want to get my mom off eight miles so she can stop living in the ghetto, you know, and have proper electricity. It can be something simpler, but like once you get it in your mind, like that is not acceptable and I will not accept it in my life. That's when it's easy to hit the live button or, or pay off your debt, even if you're not an entrepreneur or if it's just pay off your debt or, or sit down and actually write out your money story, sit down and buy that book Liz said, or, you know, check out that other podcast she was talking about. When you decide like, this is no longer acceptable. That's when everything kind of clicks. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. Do you see any sort of misconceptions or misbeliefs about financial power out there that you would love to just shatter? Oh my gosh, that's a really good question. Um, how would you answer that? Oh gosh, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> well, because I feel like it's also different because everyone has different ways that they think of money or handle money. So it's more yeah. so like what I would consider a misconception would probably be different than what you would consider a misconception just based on how our money mindsets might differ too. Mm-hmm. So um Yeah, I don't know, because I also don't necessarily feel like I have yet had some sort... I didn't have as impactful of a journey to financial power as you did. Like, you've... Yours is, like, I feel like a real example of, like, yes, stepping into financial power. Like, it's... Mm -hmm. It feels dramatic, and it has, like, gravitas behind it, whereas I don't necessarily, like... I don't feel like I necessarily have as much of the same. I can relate Ah, to it in a lot of ways. Maybe that's, that's the misconception. You have to have this dramatic story in order to like truly take hold. Like you can be at any part of your journey. Like maybe you were born middle-class and you think you do okay with money. Um, you know, but you can, you can, there's always more to learn. And for sure there's always more, I don't know. I'm trying, I'm thinking of Jafar as I say this, like from a Latin when he's like, more power, infinite power. Like there's, there's always more power to be had. <laughs> no matter like if you've started off, like, you know, let's say at the bot, like Drake, right. Started from the bottom. Now he's here. Um, you know, there's, it doesn't matter where you start, you, you know, you can always, I don't know. I don't want to say get more power, but you can always, you know, there's always more to learn about your money mindset so that you can have further control 
over your money, over your financials, over your future. Yeah, I think it extends deep too because, I mean, for you asked about myself, we didn't grow Mm -hmm. up with a lot of money. Kind of similar situation in that like Walmart, like we were shopping, I remember shopping Walmart clearance racks and if it wasn't Mm -hmm. on the clearance rack, it wasn't in the consideration set. Amen. (laughs) So it was kind of like that coming from a place like that, like my dad was a blue collar worker, lost his job a million times. My mom was a stay at home mom, so didn't Mm -hmm. have much money. Um, so then as an adult, especially having my own business, I know that there's always been maybe a block, maybe just a weird relationship with money. Like the concept of making more money than my parents was always a weird one for me. Like it was always fascinating where it was always kind of like, I think there was always a part of me that was like, you know what? They gave me the world in so many other ways, just in Mm -hmm. feeling so much unconditional love and just being willing to do anything that they could to just set me up for success, like even if it meant they went without something else. So for me, I was always kind of, it felt like a weird respect thing where I was like, okay, well now I can't have more financial money than them because I owe them payback for what they have always sacrificed for me. I think that was always like a thought in the back of my head with with money, so. Wow, that's so wild. It's so wild <laughs> to unpack that, yeah. Right? So, you know, wherever you are at, like there's, there's always something to, that's another misconception. You are never done. Like there is always more work. It's like the same as personal development. Just when you think you've reached a new level, like, oh, here's something else, <laughs> right? So there's there's always something to unpack. And that's not to discourage you from doing the work. Um, it can actually be really exciting when you unpack something. Like I said, like, oh, I don't want to make more money than my husband because that's something my mom always told me you know, the man should take care of things. And what's, you know, I, and I've leveled up, you know, many times over since then. And I've had to learn many things. So Mm -hmm. it's never done. Like what you said, though, like what you said, though, too. I'm like, yeah, like what you said, though. Um, (laughs) I think it's really something that you have to intentionally unpack and like sit down and think and really write down any thought that comes to your head because it might not be something like me saying everything that I just said. I've had time to think about it. I have processed through a lot. I'm a very self-aware, self-analytical, overthinking kind of person. So I've tried to connect the dots to everything in my past for as long as I can remember. But Mm -hmm. for someone who's not necessarily that way, I think it can be even harder because you might just have, you might not realize that it's even a conscious thought, let alone where it came from. So it might just be, it has to be something I think where you do what you said, Liz, and you sit down and you just write down memories that you have that involve money in some capacity, because in piecing everything together and being able to sit back, look at the bigger picture, then that's what kind of gives you the ability to connect the dots and go, oh, like maybe this shows that I always thought money was in short supply or there was only so much to go around and like, it wasn't this endless sort of thing, you know, like it just, it it gives you the ability to put it together in a different way and look at it in a different way so that you can see what you might need to shift or work on yourself in your own money mindset to be able to move forward and level up, as you just said. Yeah. And you can, I mean, you can start right now. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure you're listening to this. You're already thinking, oh yeah, my mom always said this, or my dad did that, or I'll never forget the time they broke my piggy bank to pay the water or, you know, whatever. And you don't have to be poor to have a bad money mindset. You know, your parents could have spent 
frivolously and now you realize, oh crap, that's what I do too. I wonder why. Um, but you can, I mean, you can step into your financial power, like right here, right this second as you listen and just say like, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to think about that. Like bada bing, bada boom, you are stepping, like you are there. And I think that is so awesome and powerful. Totally. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Thrive. I want to close out by asking you a question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, and that is, what does Thrive mean to you? And how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life? Thrive to me means feeling good about what's happening in your life. Um, Just like every morning I wake up and not to say like I pop out of bed and I'm just like the sunshine and rainbows person, but like I feel good about what's happening, right? Even if I'm PMSing and, you know, I don't want to get up and I didn't sleep, like I still feel good about life. And to me, that's thriving. And I, I have this written down. I have a bunch of stickies, so I didn't ramble on and on, but I think uh, that happened anyway. I make no apologies, though. Um, so I always strive to be an example of success, and that's, that's my definition of success. Like just, hey, if I can do it, you can do it too, as like cliche and, you know, crazy as that sounds. But to me, that's, that's thriving when I can wake up And I can show people like, hey, this is what I did. This is how I stepped into my power. or This is how I started my business and you can too or whatever. Like this is how I get up and go for a run every morning. This is how I just wear a headband and I don't care what anyone thinks. Like to me, that's thriving. That's living beyond, um, you know, just getting up, going to work, whatever. Like I'm showing people how it's possible too. And that feels like thriving. I love it. So tell everyone where they can find you online to connect with you more. Sure. So like I said, I don't normally, you know, I don't talk a lot about, you know, how to get your money mindset or whatever. But if you're into (laughs) entrepreneurship and I do talk, I do talk about money with my folks. Um, Plus, if you're like super into the 90s and like NSYNC and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and all that good stuff. Like you can come check me out at lizwilcox.com. Uh, like like Erica said, um, the website is sweet. And I said, thank you for telling me that because I spent a lot of money on it. It's the most money I've spent with one person ever. And I was like, I just have to rip off the Band-Aid. So if you want to go check that out, all the 90s fantastic entrepreneurship, you can check it out at lizwilcox.com. Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.